Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling from published authors, illustrators, and editors at Storyteller Academy. Sign up today at StorytellerAcademy.com. Uh, can you speak? I can speak. And sing. And sing. You wanted me to sing, right? I assume that's what you actually meant. <laughs> she said exactly. <laughs> There's a song in the air. Can you find it? Can you find its melody? This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 495. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. And today, I'm joined by Amanda Mokel and Kristen Nobles. Kristen is the publisher of Page Street Kids an imprint of Page Street Publishing, focused on inspiring young readers with thoughtful stories and distinctive art. Amanda is the author and illustrator of Kalida and the Most Beautiful Song, a picture book published last September by Page Street Kids that centers on a child who is visited in the night by a song and is compelled thereafter to find the song's melody and play it herself. The book plays with the ephemeral quality of inspiration, and pursuing creative and inspired ideas. Please welcome my guests, Kristen Nobles and Amanda Mokel, publisher and author-illustrator of Kalida and the Most Beautiful Song. A quick note before we get started. There were a couple of moments during recording that the audio was going in and out on our recording, and I've cleaned it up as much as I could, but I wanted to make sure that I maintained the integrity of the conversation as much as possible. So I hope you'll listen through and enjoy what Kristen and Amanda have to share. Hi, my name is Kristen Nobles. I go by she, her, and publisher of Page Street Kids, which is an imprint of Page Street Publishing. Um, and we're focused on picture books. Um, we uh, are publishing many, many debut picture books, as well as art-led books. And we keep an eye to high quality in our production values. My name is Amanda Mokel. Um, I go by she, her, hers. I am an author illustrator. I've been working at this thing for uh, eight years or so, but uh, my first book came out this past fall on Page Street. It's called Kalida and the Most Beautiful Song. I'm so grateful for both of you to be here. And I feel like I met you each 
sort of serendipitously, right? I mean, I I'm in this grateful position of 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 publishers sharing the books that they're excited about with me. And then every once in a while, as I'm reading, I'm like, oh, my word, this book is gorgeous. And wouldn't you know, I got this package. Amanda, here's the story. I got this package from Page Street with a little note saying, like, we're new. Check out the new stuff that we're doing. <laughs> and your book was in there. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and Kristen, I might be mistaken, but I believe your name was on that letter. I believe it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was thrilled to introduce everybody to our um first four books well i am grateful that you would trust me with reading these books you would want to share them with me uh especially that you both were debuting in that way your your debut what do you call it in publishing your debut lineup your debut (laughs) spread debut list is what we list that's an easier word than what i was trying to make it um (laughs) publishing in fall yeah (laughs) So yeah, that was our debut list, um, publishing in all of 2018, so just last year. Um, and we had two books come out in September and two books come out in October, one of which was Kalita. So Amanda, we're going to be talking a lot about Kalita, and I'm going to do my very best not to like completely drool all over the copy I have in front of me, if I <laughs> haven't already. But for those that have not yet found and read this book, would you mind sort of doing a little book talk about the book? And then we'll jump sure. into uh, how it was made in this wonderful eight-year process. <laughs> the book itself didn't take eight years, thank goodness, but um, but I've been wanting to uh, be a published author-illustrator for eight years, that's for sure. Um, so Kalida and the Most Beautiful Song is a story about inspiration. Um, it's about like the highs and lows of turning a creative idea into reality. Um, so Kalida is a determined piano player. Um, who is visited by a beautiful song one night, who the song has decided it's time to be heard. Um, and the song has decided she's the one to play it. So, uh, you know, determined and inspired as she is, though, uh, with her busy schedule as kids have these days, she has a hard time catching the song. So this is about her journey. So correct me if I'm wrong. But did you not just describe the creative process for even perhaps a debut author or yeah. a seasoned author? <laughs> Am I right? Come on. Yeah, I mean, you the funny this. thing is the, the book came to me. The book idea came to me in the same way that the song came to Kalida. Oh, see, I love uh, that. In the morning as I was somewhere between asleep and awake. And um, I don't know if you've read Stephen King's book on writing, but he talks about... Uh, stories are like fossils that have to be unburied, but they're fully formed, you know? Um, and so that's kind of, uh, the way I like to look at, look at picture book stories as well. Um, and that's definitely how this one sort of came to me and in the process of, of digging it out or, you know, um, trying to, trying to unbury it or see the whole story. Maybe you like change a few pieces or a, a few of the bones break, but, um, it comes out pretty pretty much like the first vision of it that came to me that morning that probably took about 30 seconds. Wow. So you, you're an author and an illustrator. When this idea came to you, do you find yourself, or when in general ideas come for, to you, do you find yourself rushing to find pieces of paper to to jot down words or, or are you yes. sketching? <laughs> the, oh, you are a words first person. Uh, well, uh, well, no, honestly, it's probably pictures first. 
Um, but yes, rushing to find something to write it down or draw it, or if I'm on the subway or something, like trying to put it into words, into put yeah. the image into words into my phone, so I yeah. remember. Like, <laughs> <for sure. laughs> oh, I love that image. the The colors too, it strikes me, um, tell a story too, or rather, your color story in this is beautiful. To go from so many purples, so much shaded to make that color story into these lighter pinks and yellows, uh, the sort of knowing the, the awokenness. I felt, mm. I, I felt that in me as I was reading that, that there, uh, in addition to all of this beautiful design that was encircling her, this, <laughs> the muse or the song or the idea, uh, traveling with her to, um, see the colors transform in that way was something that spoke to me as well. Awesome. I um I wondered if maybe I could read a little bit. Could I read a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Ugh, Cause I got. Mm, this is I have been here. I have been here with, with uh, writing stories with writing songs too, and that notion of having to catch the song. It reminds me also not just of Stephen King, but it reminds me of um, of uh, Elizabeth Gilbert with Big Magic. Have you read Big Magic? Mm -hmm. Right. I've read other things by her. Not that though. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's it's just beautiful, this notion that the the muse is in the air and we sort of have to the muse visits us. We have to sort of find it and name it and catch it. Uh you wrote in this beautiful story, Kalida starts, perhaps it was the twinkling of a bright star or the wings of a high flying owl that awoke the song one night. It was time. Kalida was between barely awake and fast asleep when the song swirled into her bedroom. It tickled her fingers and dipped into her ear. It was a beautiful song. She had to catch it. And then we just have a moment as we, I think you've saved two or three moments like this throughout the book of just this full spread of her sitting at a piano. I like that. I like that this is a home but <laughs> has a beautiful room with a giant piano in it. <laughs> um, but I love also the continual reminders that it's not time yet. Not just that she can't find the melody, but also that there are interruptions in her day that yeah. are preventing it from, from being. From the morning time when routine is stopping you, to school when, uh, you know, the schedule is stopping you to, well, really this beautiful moment at the end where, where she finds her moment or mm -hmm. where she allows the moment to engulf her. Yeah. Was this story, you said this story was sort of fully formed. This idea came to you this way. Yeah. Like a lot of the spreads. I saw that are in the book. The, a lot of the spreads were in that first flash, you know, uh, especially the crowd scene. I knew that that was kind of the ending of the book. Um, and that it, the whole story was about a song and a girl trying to meet up. Actually, it was a boy, um, but that talks with uh, Kristen. We, we changed the character's gender. Um, but yeah, so I knew the story was about the song finally meeting up with the girl and her struggles and trying to... Um, trying to have that like moment 
or inspiration can turn into reality right away. So Kristen, when you first mm-hmm. received this book, how did you how did you first receive this story? Was it in a slush pile or at a conference or at a I don't know, I keep hearing about people like art directors noticing things on Instagram and <laughs> reaching out to people. There's sort of no one way that stories find their way to folks like you. How did this find its way to you? Mm, that's true. There are many different ways. We are blessed with sort of um, such a visual community at this point. Um, but Kalida, or Amanda, I should say, found me at an yeah. SCBWI <laughs> conference um, in February of 2017. Um, and I believe she handed me one of her postcards. Um, And after the conference, I was really kicking off Page Street Kids and going through the postcards that I had collected and checking out websites. Um, And I just, you know, fell head over heels for Amanda's artwork um, and went through several images of hers on her website. And um, they really stuck with me. Um, And so I reached out via email if there were stories to go with some of those images. Um, and at that point, I think Amanda started sending me some of her work um, and she fully formed. We did um, a little tweaking here and there, but um, the story was there. And <laughs> Amanda, you have, it is, it oh. is the story of Kalida that you had this fully formed mm-hmm. thing. Pretty cool. I hope that happens like at least one more time in my <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> I know she's she's blessed. Aww. I love that it was a postcard. I love that it was a conference. I love that it was that can't be everyone's story, but it was your story, Amanda. I love that it was Kristen. I can't believe that it was February 2017 to publication in like what like a year and a half later. That is it was really wild. a kind of a. It felt like to me like a short timeline. Um, what it, also happened when I signed the contract was I got pregnant, so I, I made a book and a baby at the same time. Did the contract make you pregnant? Those are crazy <laughs> potent contracts from Page Street. Watch out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like look out. it's like at schools when we talk about drinking from the water fountain. Only you have signing <laughs> book contracts. I kind of had this feeling that uh, I, my baby wouldn't come until I got my first book contract. Like he was just waiting for me to like you know, make a little step forward in my career. That's kind of cool. Early happened like two weeks later, I got pregnant. So it's kind of awesome. That is uh, kind of awesome. Yeah. He was, he was very kind to give me a little time. Um, it's, it's neat that the both of you got to meet face to face. You have sort of yeah. context that way, but were you, I guess you're kind of close to each other in proximity in the country. Did you get to see each other face to face throughout uh, since that contract was made to publishing the book? Yeah, we met, I think, once at the beginning and then um, once around around the time the, the F&G came out, maybe. But yeah, I feel like it, it's, it's definitely... The book was... The Dummy took about probably two years to put together, and okay. it was it involved a lot of um, editing with... I'm a member of 12 by 12, mm-hmm. and also um, I took a class, a children's book class at Pratt that was super-duper helpful in getting this dummy put together. It was um, taught by Steve Henry and Barbara Lalicki, and um, they really helped me get the dummy in, in good enough shape so that when Kristen asked me that question, do you have a 
book to go with any of these images or a story to go with any, any of these images, I was prepared and able to send that like right away. So it wasn't like, I, I always, you know, find myself being like, oh, I just got lucky, but it was a lot of work, you know, put into it before the luck. Of course. No, you put in the time so that yeah. when the opportunity arises, you are ready because that's yeah. what you want it to, to be, right? You don't want to be learning. Yeah. I mean, there will be ultimately things. I'm sure you learned along this process after signing the contract, but yeah. you want to be as prepared as you as you can be. Yeah. I mean, it was great, though. That it sounds like... That, like I don't want people to be discouraged and be like, oh, oh. man, this conference, I didn't get lucky, you know? That wasn't um, your time. Yeah. Or it wasn't exactly. the right publisher. Or it wasn't... I mean, like, I, I keep thinking of all the, all the myriad things that, that you don't want to go the wrong way you don't want to be perhaps so i don't know like desperate or eager to be published that Mm. you just let that story go with anyone you have to Mm. protect yourself and protect protect your 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 work more closely than that yeah and one other really interesting thing about this process with this book is that i actually had sent the dummy to someone else at candlewick when Kristen was still working there and um and they were they gave me wonderful feedback but you know didn't want the story and it just goes to show that two people at the same publishing house can have to- totally different feelings about a story and um yeah that so is pretty interesting. well and and i can attest that that happens all the time yeah <laughs> i bet I just want amanda um is a bit of an anomaly in that at page street kids we are really working with people um on early early development um, that most publishers don't do, don't put the time in. But because we work with so many debuts and because of my background as an art director, um, we are more willing to work with illustrators um, who might see visuals first um, and have sort of the visual storytelling piece and then need to sort of backtrack and add the text. Um, so I think that's one of one piece of the puzzle that makes Page Street Kids just a little bit different from other publishers. How how did you fall into Page Street, Kristen? How does one how does one find themselves in that position? Because it seems like hearing your background a little bit from knowing a, uh, your work at Candlewick and and the art direction, things like that, that you, you've built those skills. You, you likewise have been, have been building that repertoire, but it, but having your name on an imprint is like a, that's a giant thing. Um, is that something that you (laughs) had thought about for some time and were looking for that opportunity or was that a big jump for you as well? Um, it was a big jump, but also a logical next step. If that makes sense. Um, While at Candlewick, I did help to launch our entertainment imprint. So I was already involved in sort of more of the business side of publishing, more so than most art directors, I would say. Um, And 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 so I I sort of knew how to go out and find projects and acquire um, based around parameters that worked for a certain kind of imprint. Um, and I, you know, my, the other part of my job was, was, you know, visual storytelling and working on picture books. And so I knew that that I was passionate about the picture book side of things. Um, but I was enjoying the business side of the entertainment imprint. Um, and it just, 
came together. <laughs> um, and I was offered just an amazing opportunity. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm lucky enough to be working with our founding publisher, Will Keister, um, at Page Street Publishing. And he um, thought it was quite logical and made sense to put an art director in a publishing role for picture books specifically. I think it's awesome that you have that background because of what you're able to offer to the those uh, individuals that you're working with with these upcoming books. And even cooler to know, too, that so many of them are debut. Um, I was running across, I hosted a Twitter chat for New in 19 and all of these folks sharing their upcoming mm. books. And there were yeah. enough that I noticed that I was like, Patriot, Patriot again. And that was so exciting to see that. Um, but to hear it from your end, um, not just working with debuts, but also in some cases working with illustrators and walking the story backwards. Where is the story in this art? Uh, it's so interesting to hear that. I mean, again, I know that I've talked to enough people to know that stories come all different ways and they just, even, even I'm sure Amanda in your own career, stories will form differently each in its own way. Yeah. But, but to hear that, that at least in this stage of your, of page street kids, uh, history, that this is the way that you all are, are working on books is it's just really exciting. I like that working from pictures and finding this story. Yeah. It takes a little bit of the pressure off too, to think that way. Like, you know, I really just want to make this picture. I don't know what's going on behind it, but <laughs> make the picture and send it to the publisher. But really you do. I think, yeah, oh. I think you do know what's going on behind it though. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, um, put into because picture. I've, I've had so many um, conversations with illustrators where I, I I point things out in an image or it's a very narrative image um, and they know the entire story behind it um, or everything about that character. But they, um, you know, for whatever reason, don't the words don't come first. The story doesn't come first. The visuals do. Um, and so we're happy to look at all of those visions and then talk and uh, make them comfortable in that in that um, storytelling. So Amanda came on. Amanda was one of your debuts. Since then, you've published, are we up to, or maybe we have coming. Your next wave is, is coming. Your next four books are coming, right? No, we had four books published in um, 2018. And in 2019, it's really easy for me to have 19 books coming out. So lots of growth, <laughs> um, but we, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. But we're keeping an eye on quality. <laughs> I'm sure you are. That's, <laughs> that's wonderful that, that page, the page street has that confidence in, in making children's books too. And in you, of course, and in the amazing people you're drawing in. Um, that's great. You, well, I mean, I, you know, there's so many talented people out let's there. Let's talk about all of them. I know <laughs> a number of them. Know, Makes my job easy. <laughs> okay, so so why don't we, Amanda? Have you had a chance to read what some of your um, paid street colleagues are publishing? Is that the way we can call that? Your like compatriots, your fellow imprint pals. Have you had sure. a chance to read some of the other stuff? Yeah. Ooh. Well, the ones that are out already, not the ones that haven't come out yet. Oh right. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, Amanda. Those are Amanda, under wraps. I'm gonna tell you a secret. I got to read a couple of them. They're yeah. really cool. <laughs> oh, man. 
Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from the Little Feminist Book Club. Little Feminist wants to help you diversify your child's bookshelf. Each month they send one to two books featuring characters of underrepresented backgrounds, and Little Feminist spends months consulting with a team of educators, librarians, and parents to pick each book and create a suite of hands-on activities to accompany them. Go to littlefeminist.com and use the coupon code WINNER for $5 off when you order or click on the link at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast and get started today. Raise good humans one children's book at a time. The ones that I've read so far, I think I've read uh, your four 2018 books and I think I've read four Mm -hmm. question mark of 2019 and I was very impressed with uh, how both story and visually they're all very different, Kristen. They all have their own. They all have their own voice. Um, I, I really appreciated that. I appreciate um, Kalida and the most beautiful song up against the tree. Oliver, the the second tallest tree. I'm gonna get the title wrong, aren't I? The second largest living thing on earth. I love that book. It's so different yeah. um, from these, <laughs> but yeah. So what? Why don't we talk about? 2019. You've got 19 books coming out. Why don't we share a handful for folks to watch for? Do you have them all committed to memory? That might not be fair for uh, me to be asking. I don't. Wait. Of course, I have them <laughs> committed to memory. Um, no, there are <laughs> um, there are some. I mean, they're all gems. Um, but one of uh, uh, one of the first ones that's coming out actually in February um, is called Maria the Matador, and Anne Lambolette is a debut author illustrator. Um, who we have not only Maria the Matador, but after that we have Dogs and Their People, um, and after that we have a book called The Traveler's Gift coming from her. Um, the first two she author illustrated, and the third one, The Traveler's Gift, she illustrated only. Um, but they're just, uh, uh, she has a really unique spin on storytelling as well as art making. Um, so they're very distinct and um, very strong stories as well. So I'm excited for her stuff to come out. And then we also launch into um, a couple of different genres. Book biography, which I love. I think it is having a renaissance Um that we're smack in the middle of. Um, there were a couple of amazing picture books that kind of paved the way for thinking about picture book biography um, in a way that's more literary, I think, and, and lyrical, um, more sort of bound in a narrative storytelling. Um, and so we're, we've acquired a couple of um picture book biographies the first one that's coming is called her fearless run um and it's about uh, the Catherine switzer story um yes so she's a woman to run the boston marathon so also a local story um and Catherine switzer is thrilled with it so we are we sort of wiped our brows after hearing that um <laughs> and we're excited um to have her on board to to sort of promote her life story um but, but uh, past that uh, we have I also have a picture book biography on Miles Davis um, by both an author and illustrator who are debut. Um, and then we also have uh, two picture books that I, I sort of call picture book um, photograph biographies um, in that they, they tell 
the, the story, iconic photographs. And I come from a photography background. I In high school, I really was focused on photography. So, so these were things that really resonated with me. Um, and the first one is this amazing graphic uh, novel-esque, but it done in picture book form. Um, but a sequential narrative with panels um, called Hector. Um, and it's the story of um, a boy uh, protest and the photograph that changed apartheid. Um, so it's it's a story of a very iconic um, South African photograph from the night from 1976, I believe. I hope I got that right. Um, and it's just really poignant and an amazing slice of history. But what also struck me as amazing was how um, how much it paralleled things happening in society today, stateside. Um, and so I really felt like kids, this would resonate with kids, um, with, nice. with things that are happening um, out on the streets. So that's a really interesting book. <laughs> um, and also an author, a, a debut author illustrator um, who is South African um, named Adrian Wright. Should get their names too. I know um, that. And book, then finally, yes. yeah. It's, Sorry, excited. It's, there, I'm also it's realizing that amazing. there's these people on Twitter that I'm connected with, probably because of the, well, maybe because of the Twitter chat, but also because we just nerd out over books all the time. And Adrian <laughs> yes. happens to be one that we come up in each other's feeds a lot. Yes, Hector. Oh, cool to know that that's what that's about. Yeah. And then we have another sort of one of these photographs that are a graphy of the photograph um, based on Cynthia Lang's um, migrant mother and sort of the imagined story behind that photograph. Um, so you get a little slice of history um, back in Depression era, um, Dust Bowl era, and um, what life was like for one of the little girls in that picture and that was sorry that one's called ruby's hope and it's written by monica culling and um illustrated by sarah devojek so i'll stop there but i could go on and on and on and on <laughs> the, the miles davis book is the birth of a cool right birth of the cool yeah yes because it, I, um, I, and I, that, yeah his biography or something is is similar to the title i was thinking about that i yeah, that's awesome. To, yeah, it's to... one of his iconic jazz albums is named uh, Birth of the Cool. Birth of the Cool. To know, I think I've always read it wrong as Birth of Cool. I, I think it's more <laughs> of where, where, I, where, my, where it caught my attention because I was like, oh, there's, there's an article in there. Um, the, um, I think on that cover, too, is what was bringing me back to uh, Kalida because of the spot gloss am i calling it the right thing throughout throughout mm -hmm. kalida you've got this you know that like shimmery the shimmery stuff as you as you look mm -hmm. at it the spot stuff that glass. it is spot glass <laughs> score i'm learning book terms um i also wondered if like i could be totally off base on this but because of the shininess of it i wondered if maybe there was like if i had a black light if it would make it glow in a different way um but Oh my gosh, no, but we've talked about doing something like that with oh, another one it. of our oh. author illustrators. Fun. I I just that want be to, very cool. I wanna share before I we go further on this, because I don't want to completely leave Kali um Kalida because um 
when I take off the jacket of Kalida, I'm making all the, those annoying like book noises on the microphone. I apologize for that, <laughs> listeners. But you've got this gorgeous case cover, this gorgeous. Um, well, I'm gonna just ruin it because I can. Um, <laughs> it's it's that song, that inspiration traveling through the air, through the sky. Uh, that that detail, that attention to detail, Kristen, that that kind of finishing touch on a book is something that I think also, yeah, it came to my brain because you were talking about how we're sort of in this kind of renaissance for picture book biographies and ones that are beautifully narrative driven. And I feel like also we're in this time where we're seeing we're seeing uh, a reawakening of the picture book as an art form from cover to cover, each way that the reader engages with the book, the, the, the title page art, the, the jacket art and the case cover art, the paper style. I don't even know what I'm trying to say now. Paper stock stock. I got another word. Yeah. I'm trying. (laughs) I don't always get the words, but I could tell you that, with my students, we're always recognizing that, oh, this one has that shiny, that shiny quality. This one has paper that feels different. It smells different. There's things like that that appeal to the senses. And I know, and I've talked on here with others about this before, I know that all of those choices are choices, and they're intentional. Uh, and to know that we've got this art director thinking about those things uh, for these books is something also that I think perhaps sets you apart. I, 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 I hope so. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, know. I certainly, you know, I come from making those kinds of decisions for 18 years. Um, but often it's our authors and illustrators who bring those kinds of, um, things to the foreground. I mean, I think, think your job to ask the question, um, to ask, you know, what's most appropriate for this story um, and let them know all the need to support and reflect the ideas that they're trying to get across in their work. Um, but yes, certainly the the case cover of Kalida is so wonderful and beautiful. Um, Thank you. I love that, that <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Amanda, I, I love the surprise underneath the jacket, and I'm glad that kids are looking under there. <laughs> Amanda, I was you, secretly did... I was secretly dreaming of the word spot gloss when um I, when I made this book, and when Kristen like brought that up herself to me, I was just like that was a very magical moment. I think the greatest thing <laughs> that we've said all night is the magical moment of when you were dreaming of spot gloss and Kristen <laughs> said the words. <laughs> yep. That it's is amazing. Special. Did you did you have? It's a true match made in heaven. It really <laughs> was. <laughs> Amanda, did you have? Did you have the? Uh, I don't know that I've had a chance to ask illustrators this often, but as you um, approached Kristen with with this book, dummy, were you already thinking about that that case cover art and and different jacket art over it? Where it's a good question. I, I do love that when books have a different case cover. And they it's don't fun. always, and sometimes it serves yeah. different purposes, but... Oh, I, I totally get why they don't now, because they take out so many books from the library, and, like, the cover just gets destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> so if, you know, if the case cover underneath isn't the 
the actual title of the book, it, it might get a little confusing, but it's still really fun and I'm glad I did it for this. Um, and one of the reasons um, I was really wanting to do the case cover differently was because when in the, in the, in editing the book, um, I feel like Kristen did a really awesome job of whittling it down to the, the, the essentials inside the book in the story. Um, there was something in me that really wanted to show the song's origin, like are the songs home, where the song came from. Um, and so like, I think we first relegated it to the end papers and then we decided mm -hmm. end papers should be kind of like, uh, like a quiet moment and, you yeah. know, very plain. And so then, you know, it, it, it had to go in the case cover. I wanted it there somewhere. The end papers work again, like to nerd out on design, the end papers work really, they're, they're a deep purple. Now that I'm realizing I'm talking on an audio format and people can't see what I'm talking about, <laughs> but the, the end papers work really beautifully <clears throat> against the jacket, which on the fold is that, that creamy, like orange into pink. It's a really beautiful contrast and it brings in the birds that you've painted. It brings, it brings out those colors. It's really nice. That's all Kristen. No. High fives, Kristen. <laughs> no, I don't. Nice job. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to push it back to our designer. We do have uh, three editors and three designers now on staff and um, they are making all of the decisions that I used to make. Um, but we're having conversations around all of those kinds of decisions, but um, not all me. <laughs> it takes oh, a village. No yeah. doubt about that. I'm also realizing two things. One, um, we're reaching the end of our time and you threw out a nugget in the beginning, Amanda, that we didn't even talk about, which is that you said Kalida used to be a boy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why, why a boy? If there's a why, maybe there's not a why, maybe it just was a boy. Um, mm -hmm. And why the change? And that's something I realized that probably both of you will have to answer together. But, mm -hmm. but why <laughs> the boy the he was a boy in the original vision so I, I don't know if i can say why um i liked the idea of a sensitive boy musician i think um but it really just it, he was just a boy in the original vision and then maybe Kristen can talk about um like why we changed the gender yeah i i think i asked the question because i think of um so many historical references to famous male conductors. Um, and I want to let a darker skinned little girl participate, I think, um, yeah. alongside all of the other greats that are part of history that we talk about quite often. Um, just give her her due grow up and be a great um, musician. And when Kristen suggested changing the gender, I started looking on the internet, like um, for actually like baby name websites, like who, okay, who can this, what, what will this girl be named? And um, there was something in that original vision of the story that was about a really beautiful song that lives forever. Like a good song lives forever. Like when I read this book to kids, I talk about, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star will be around as long as there are people to sing it. Mm. Um, and so there was something in that, that original vision about a song being immortal and, um, or a good song being immortal. And then when I came across this name Kalida, that's what it means. It means immortal. 
Um, and it's an Arabic name. Um, so, you know, we made her of Middle Eastern descent. Immortal. The song will be around forever. That's beautiful. Amanda, you did beautiful work on this book. Congratulations on having a debut out there and all of those great things that come with it. Uh, the opportunity to, to share your story in front of readers, the opportunity for readers to take ownership of that story. That's, that's a really special thing. And I know that uh, many, many people are hopeful that, that they will have that opportunity to, to, to experience that as well. So I'm, I'm grateful that, that this was your, this was your step out too. It's such a beautiful story. Thank you so much. That feels so good to hear you say that. Kristen, I got a lot to congratulate you on too, but I, I also am forgetting another thing, which is that um, I, I went to the writing barn. We brought up Bethany Hegedus in the writing barn earlier. Um, and when I went there, I got to hang out with another Page Street author. And one who's got, I think, two books coming out with you. And I got uh, to read this three, book. Actually. Three, actually. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say, I got to read. Yes, yeah, she's quite prolific. I think there I got to read this book is spineless. I think that's what I read there. Yes. Yes, by Lindsay Leslie. But Lindsay is three? How does one? Wait. Okay, wait. <laughs> wait. Slow down. You've got, you shared another one. Mm -hmm. Maria the Matador with an author, illustrator, three books with you we have Lindsay with three is is this from the magic of finding the art and backing it into stories and all that how this is awesome that you are having people and getting to build relationship with them at the beginning of their career that's a really again a un, it strikes me as a unique thing maybe um maybe it's happened before but it just seems cool it seems like a cool thing can you tell me, tell me about you and Lindsay in three books. Um, sure. Well, I'm not the one who found Lindsay's work. Our um, editor, Charlotte Winger, did. Um, and we, we just responded to each and every manuscript. Um, and they're all quite different, I have to say. Um, but I think, you know, our, our overall mantra is, is to make a great book and to continue making great books with the people that we um respect and admire their their talent um and so as as long as what they're making and what they're putting in front of us sort of resonates in our hearts we'll do our very best to get it out into the world um and i, I think that's that's is is um to get stuff to kids um that that we feel deserves to be out there um, so Lindsay's first book is, is this book is spineless. Um, the second one is called Nova, the star eater, um, <laughs> which is a, a wonderful spin on a, a fantastical event that happens when, um, or I should say it's based on, uh, the reality of, um, a supernova eating a star in this case, our sun, um, and what happens to earth when that, that event happens. Um, so light, uh, uh, facts and STEM tie-in. Um, and then her third book is called Wanted. Um, I'm sorry, we just changed the title. It's called Dusk Raiders Haunted. Um, and it's about that very magical time at night when kids um, have already eaten dinner and come back out to play. 
um, and all the different um, games that, that they play in a neighborhood together. Um, something that I, it resonated with me because that's how, you know, what my childhood was surrounded by that magical, um, just being outside on a beautiful summer night. Um, so three very different books and um, we have many, many authors and illustrators that we continue to work with. Um, it's, it's part of, um, you know, what's important to us to continue those relationships. Well, may the road ahead continue to bring those good people into your life, into your, your work, into the space that can make beautiful picture books to share with readers and for them to find homes in. I think that it's time for us to, to step back and focus on those readers one last time. Thank you both for making time to talk to me tonight. I'm humbled <laughs> that you both came on. Um, our pleasure. Thank and, you, Matthew. And, oh, it's my pleasure. Um, Kristen, I'll start with you. And then Amanda, I'll ask you the same. Kristen, I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Um, I sort of would love you to tie it back to Kalida and remind them that that space that they have in their life to play create is really important and sacred um and you know i feel like the older people in their lives mostly adults or caregivers um are reminding me are reminding them of rules and parameters of when they can do what um and i i want i guess to speak to both the kids and the adults by saying um keep those spaces for play open open and accessible. Hmm. Amanda, I will see, I know you know this because you follow me on social media, but <laughs> I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message I can bring to them from you? Yes, I will build on what Kristen said in that um, I'd like, I'd invite children to consider boredom their friend. Um, mm. Boredom, boredom is when the best ideas have room enough to sneak into your mind and the world needs all of the beautiful things you'll create, that all of you will create with those ideas. This is Darshna Kiani, children's author and book blogger. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.flowering-minds.com forward slash South Asian Kidlet. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individual's and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out with the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. 
Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of my patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and keeping the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Jenny, Sue, Amy, Sarah, Kate, Lisa, Darshna, Marianne, Jarrett, Anitra, Mike, Lynn, Link, Corina, Cynthia, Elaine, Doug, Judy, Amanda, Ruth, Laura, Teresa, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to come with us, too. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.